Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at SOH. Dot church. Download our free mobile app. You can get a digital Bible on there, but also chat with us. You can pray with us. You can check out all of our old teachings and just be part of our online community that is growing each and every day. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, make sure that you like share, subscribe, turn on your notifications and help us to move this Bible study forward. So we are in Matthew chapter seven. Yesterday, we covered the false prophets, right? Watch out who you let into your circle. Watch out who you believe. Watch out who you follow. And obviously, in that time, uh, we have to look at the first century. They were dealing with a lot of people that were trying to lead them astray. Not unlike today in many ways, there are people that will come to you, uh, like uh, it says in there, like a a wolf in sheep's clothing, as the saying goes, that's a biblical saying, uh, trying to represent themselves as from God and not. And we certainly don't deny that there are uh, instances where that happens today. But uh, we have to look and see that they absolutely dealt with that back then. Jesus was warning them that everything that I'm teaching you, there are going to be people that come along and try to pull you away from that. So stay true to my word. And that stays uh, true today. And that's why it's so important to get together like we do here uh, and to study God's word and to learn the words of Jesus and, and the scriptures so that when we get out there and we hear something that is contrary, uh, we can go back to our foundation. So now, now we move into a part of scripture where I have to uh, share with you early in my walk uh, the section of scripture that we're going to cover today really, really kept me up at night because I wanted God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. And I dove in and I was studying the word. And then when I got to this set of scriptures, it, uh, it, it scared me to my core. I, I specifically remember driving down the road and meditating on this scripture and just literally pulling over. I was in Atlanta, Georgia and saying, God, you know, how do I know? How do I know if I'm saved? How do I know if this relationship with you is, is real? How do I know if I didn't, you know, mess up to the point where, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I messed up and I, X myself out of heaven and, and all this stuff. And I remember looking up at a, uh, at a billboard there and it just said love on the billboard. And I had this piece come about me and I didn't even quite fully understand this uh, set of scriptures at that time, but God thankfully, you know, responded uh, to my cry out at that time and, and just gave me a sense of, you know, you're okay. You're good. Um, and, uh, you know, I meditated on this study this morning quite a bit. And what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to put this in three parts. I'm actually going to do a special episode uh, tomorrow, although normally I take a few days off because I think this section that we're studying 
the one that we were set to study next, which is going to close out the Sermon on the Mount. Um, they go together so nicely, but in between, I want to do a, uh, a special teaching, which I'll get to here in a second. But I used to, every chance that I got, I would run up to the altar. I would pray. I would pray the sinner's prayer. And and to be honest, early in my life, I didn't, I, I didn't quite get the concept of whether I was really good with God or not. So let's dive into this scripture and then we're going to break it down. And my hope and prayer is that this will clarify some things for you so that you can have some more assurance in your life. If you've ever really wondered if you're really right with God or if something that you did yesterday or this morning or something that you might do in the future may break your relationship with him to the point where uh, you are uh, in a place of condemnation uh, or in a place where you've you've lost your salvation, uh, then I think this is going to help you out a lot over the next few days. And I strongly encourage you to share uh, this teaching with others because I know that I'm not alone in, that in my early in my walk, uh, I really struggled as to whether my relationship was God, with God was in a good place or not. Now, your relationship with God can be in, in an unhealthy place in a sense of, you know, you keep making mistakes and making the same mistakes uh, that, um, and you're feeling the effects of those things. But uh, what I hope to get to at the end of this, not to give a uh, not to give a, a spoiler alert, but you just realize that uh, that God's love is not dependent upon what you do. OK, like a good parent. Right. We went through this the other day. Right. A, a good parents. What can your child do where you say, that's it? I don't love you anymore. Okay. Well, you and I being imperfect, how then can that be that God would be like that? Who is perfect? But let's read this. Now I'm going to read it and you're probably going to going to take a step back from what we just talked about. But it's important that we go through it. It says not everyone. This is Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, "Lord, Lord," will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in the, your name cast out demons. And in your name perform many miracles. Or it, in other texts, it says do many wonderful works. In verse 23, maybe the scariest of them all when you don't understand it properly. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Or we read it, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. So not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter. And that's pretty that's pretty sobering because he says that there are going to be people that have prophesied in his name. There are going to be people that cast out devils, people that have done wonderful work. So who is safe here? 
Who is safe here? Some of us struggle to get to church on Sunday, let alone cast out devils. You may be sitting there and be like, wow, I never cast out a devil in my life. But there's people that will have cast out devils that will say, Lord, Lord, and God will say, I never knew you. How can we ever be assured of our salvation? Well, what about this? What about Romans 10, 13? That says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What is up with that? One scripture says that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will be, will be saved. And then another scripture says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Huh. Is that a contradiction? So which is it? Which is it? And I've said it before. I'll say it again. Show me an alleged contradiction in the Bible, and I will show you a scripture that is taken out of context. Remember what our rules are as we went into this. I put out a teaching on how to read the Bible, and this is a big part of it. We have to look at what is being said and why. We have to look at who is listening, how the original audience is receiving it. And then, and then we can apply it to our lives. Amen. Amen. So let's look at the original audience. The original audience was surrounded by people that portrayed themselves as the epitome of holiness. They ran the temple. They took care of God's house. They received all of the offerings. They stood on the street corners and prayed so everybody could see. When they fasted, they soured their face so everybody would look at them and say, wow, look at Caiaphas, the high priest, so holy. So amazing. They would drag adulterous women out like they did in front of Jesus to be stoned. They would scorn the tax collectors. They would tell the lepers to stay away and announce themselves as unclean because they didn't want to sully themselves with their presence. They taught everyone to love their neighbor, but hate their enemy. And for those of you that have been paying attention these last couple weeks, as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, you'll realize that these are all things that Jesus corrected. These are all the things that Jesus, either through his actions or through his words, said, I know you've been taught this. I know that you've seen this. I know everybody that you've looked at as spiritual leaders has done these things. But I tell you a better way. Love your neighbors and love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Don't think that you have, haven't sinned if you just haven't murdered. If you're angry with your brother, you're in sin. All these things Jesus corrected. And obviously we're talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders. But if you remember back in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, it says, 
You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are more righteous than the Pharisees. And these were the best of the best, folks. You couldn't get closer followers of the law. But Jesus was dismantling the viewpoint of righteousness. And he was fulfilling what the law aimed to communicate this whole time. Is that if left to our own accord, none of us can follow the law. None of us can keep it perfectly. All sin and fall short of the glory of God. We need a savior. That's what the law pointed out. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. They ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then God gave them what they asked for. Gave humanity a set of rules that would show you right from wrong. Even though he wrote it on our hearts anyway. And then what we see 2,000 years ago is humanity coming to grips that we can't keep it by ourselves. Amen? And we almost want a works-based environment. We almost, that makes sense to us, right? The good guys go up, the bad guys go down. But then we have to ask ourselves, How good is good enough? How good is good enough? Because if that's the way it works, nobody thinks that they're bad enough. I've heard that a million times over. I said, I asked people flat out, well, why do you think you should go to heaven? And they say, well, I'm a good person. I say, all right, let's, let's see what it means to be a good person. Have you ever told a lie before? Well, yeah, of course I have. Well, what does that make you? Well, a liar, I guess. All right. Well, everybody does it. All right. Well, no big deal. Have you ever stolen anything before? Well, yeah, once when I was a kid. But, you know, they said, all right, well, let's stop right there. Who, what does that make you? What, who, what do you call somebody who steals something? Well, a thief. Okay. All right. Have you ever hated somebody without cause? Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess I have. Well, Bible says we saw it says that if you hate your brother, that it's like committing murder. That if you look on somebody with of the opposite sex with lust, if you look on someone with lust, it's like committing adultery in your heart. So scripture tells us that not one of us is righteous. That our righteousness is like filthy rags. And Titus, though, thank God, Titus 3.5 says we're saved not by righteous works, but by rebirth, by renewal through the Holy Spirit. So how good is good enough? And are we in danger, those of us who are in Christ, of ever hearing, depart from me, I never knew you. Because again, we're seeing that people excluded that prophesied, that cast out devils, that have done wonderful works. So it can't be about what you do. No, it's about what you believe. That's the requirement. 
God has always operated in covenants. He's always operated in covenantal agreements. And the agreement is this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who start a ministry, those who go to church, those who are more righteous than their neighbor, no, those who believe in him shall never perish, but have eternal life. And I want to call you to a part here. And this is what we're going to get into tomorrow. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to do a special teaching tomorrow that can you lose your salvation? We're going to dive into whether or not scripturally you can lose your salvation. But first, we got to make sure you feel assured. We got to make sure that you are right with God today. And if you've ever gone to God and gone to Jesus and said, God, I give you my heart. God, I, I, I want to follow you. I want to be a follower of Christ. Then you have to ask yourself at that moment, does God know you? Does God take you in that moment and say, yes, my son, my daughter? Because the problem we also have with this scripture, then if we want to apply it in a way where we can lose our salvation, what does it say? He says, depart from me. What? I never knew you. So what does God forget you? <laughs> what does Jesus forget who you are? He knew you then, but then he did, just didn't know you now. See, that's a major challenge. If you can lose it. Is God forgetful? Of course he's not. So either in an instant, when you receive him, you are saved or you're not. And you're living out works. And you have to ask yourself every single day, how good is good enough? Or have you been good enough? Have you been good enough? And if you think a loving father wants you to wonder every day whether you're good with him, then our viewpoint of a loving father is skewed. I want to close out with this. And like I said, actually going to do a special episode tomorrow that is specifically about whether or not you can do, you can lose your salvation. And I know we weren't slated to do a teaching tomorrow, uh, but I want, I want to do it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to probably record it and I'm going to put it out there because I think it is a great bridge to the final part of the Sermon on the Mount. But I want to close with this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. If this is you, then how could God ever say, I never knew you? And maybe that's a precursor. Maybe you can guess where I'm going to go tomorrow with the once saved, always saved. But you're going to have people out there that tell you that you can lose your salvation. And I'm going to give you the scriptures to determine whether that is the case or not. 
But before we even get there, I want to make sure that your heart is right with God. I want to make sure that today, that if you believe Romans 10, 9, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. I want to give you that opportunity today as we close out. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Pray with me here. If you if this is your moment to give God your heart and you want to know that you know that you know that he knows you and that you have a place in his kingdom, I want you to pray this with me right now. Father God, in Jesus' name, forgive me for my sins. I thank you that I'm forgiven. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead. And because of that, I thank you that I have a place in your kingdom. Help me to walk out to the best of my ability, a life that glorifies you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you prayed that, I want to hear from you. Go to soh.church. Send me a message. You can DM me on social media. I want to know you. I want to know and help you in your walk and pray with you and have you be a part of what we're doing or at least guide you in the right direction to walk an awesome life because God loves you greatly. We're going to get back together tomorrow uh, for a special teaching on whether or not you can lose your salvation. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio of Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. You're listening to the 1% Christian. Now that we've got our 1%, thanks for taking a couple extra minutes with me. Go out and do something amazing today. I love you guys. Have a great day.